I'm Orion Cooling. And I'm Zach Meyer. And this is Shadow Carriers. Shadow Carriers is a curated collection of disturbia assembled by two lifelong storytellers, sonically mixed to bring you into the darkness and out again. We invite you to sit with us in the shaft of moonlight and, if you're brave enough, to step into the shadow with us. Do you remember the Time Life books, the ones that sat on your grandmother's coffee table? I used to carefully hold these tomes like they were sacred. In the hardbound covers, I'd explore alien encounters, ancient wisdom, and secret Beside sex. the Bible, cosmic these were the books that house secrets in plain sight. They were just left here on the coffee Eastern table from my childhood mind to pour over. The stuff that was supposed to be secret and me, a lowly son of a poor family in Michigan, had access to them. Not in ancient Alexandria could I hope to uncover such treasured volumes. Mystic places. Stop! That's the one. Mystic places? Yes, yes. Open it to the middle. Gotcha. Ah, yes. The Bermuda Triangle. The Bermuda Triangle. Zach, without looking at the book, any guesses on the total disappearances in the Bermuda Triangle? Um, a couple hundred? See, that's right. We think it's a huge number. It isn't. It's just 71. Oh, wow. That's considerably less than I thought. Right? What if I told you there's another triangle in a body of water that had the same amount of disappearances? 71. All right. I'm listening. The Lake Michigan Triangle. We start out by answering the question. The question being, why? Why are there so many disappearances? It's difficult to comprehend, but before the automobile and trucking, the Great Lakes were a superhighway of commerce. From the booming industrial cities like Chicago, Gary, Milwaukee, and Green Bay, to the tourist-driven ports of Traverse City and the Straits of Mackinac, serving as the gateway to Michigan's Upper Peninsula, tens of thousands of ships were crossing these waters. Unlike its remote kin, the Bermuda Triangle, the Lake Michigan Triangle, sits at the nexus of commerce of the waters. The more traffic you get, the more accidents you'll have. It's a simple matter of equation. The mathematics of death. So, we start in the age of sail. The modern concept is the time that you might see billowing sails on the deck of a pirate-esque ship in the mid-18th century to the mid-19th century. But schooners, distinctively American-style tall ship, plied the waters in earnest until the mid-1930s. Without exaggeration, thousands of them. Carrying cargoes across the water of Lake Michigan, they weren't necessarily as fast as the steamships that burned by them, but they were cost-effective. A handful of sailors, or at time a family, could run a schooner and make good money carrying commerce across the Sweetwater Seas. The Thomas Hume was one of such craft. It disappeared in the 1980s without a trace. There were rumors of it being repainted and renamed, but there's not much to back those rumors up. Some people believe she had a collision with the steamer. Fearing repercussions, the steamer abandoned the Thomas Hume. Take a moment with that, if you will because that exact story played out time and time again on the Great Lakes. Collisions with other boats and no rescue attempt by the boat that survived. Many people believe she succumbed to the Lake Michigan Triangle, an area of Lake Michigan that forms from Ludington to Manitowoc to Benton Harbor, an area that's rumored to bend space and time, an area described as a crack in the lakes that ships sail into, an area that has seen disappearances in every form, the Thomas Hume is just one version of the story. 
And though it's still a mystery what happened that fateful night, the wreck of the schooner has been found. 115 years later, sitting in the pristine condition on the bottom of the lake, discovered by a research team while looking for downed Navy aircraft in the same water. While they've been able to pinpoint 36 downed World War II aircraft, the discovery of the nearly fully intact schooner was a surprise. We don't know what sank the Thomas Hume, but we do know where she sits, at the bottom of the Lake Michigan Triangle. Increased amounts of accidents, disappearances, and shipwrecks plague these waters. The mysterious circumstances surrounding the doomed vessels inspire more questions than answers. Take the story of the Rosa Bell. She was a schooner in the 1920s who brought supplies and passengers to Benton Harbor, specifically to the House of David, a religious group founded in Benton Harbor, Michigan, in March 1903. The Rosa Bell was found upside down with no indication of how she capsized. No rough weather was reported, nor were there any signs of collision or struggle, bobbing like a top in the middle of the Lake Michigan Triangle. From a paper of the day, October 30th, 1921, the schooner Rosabelle, loaded with lumber, left High Island bound for Benton Harbor and apparently capsized in a gale on Lake Michigan. She was found awash 42 miles from Milwaukee with no sign of the crew. After she drifted 20 miles from Kenosha, the Cumberland towed her into Racine Harbor. There were many other ships sailing that day. No one mentioned foul weather. A thorough search of the ship turned up no sign of the crew. And no one ever saw the 11 passengers again. No doubt the House of David had its mysteries and challenges, but this one will go forever unknown. There are so many similar stories of these wooden sailing ships that disappeared in the Lake Michigan Triangle. It becomes somewhat overwhelming. Sometimes it's important that we focus upon one person to define our empathy for the situation. Let me tell you a story of a single man, Captain George R. Donner. He's 58 years old, a career captain, retirement is on the horizon. It's been a difficult journey. His crew's been dodging ice flows from the northern part of the lake all night long, and the man is exhausted. It's going to be a difficult entry to Port Washington on the Wisconsin side. They expect heavy ice flow, so leaving the bridge for the first time after standing double watch, Captain Donner retires to his quarters to catch a little bit of rest. His crew is capable and competent. That's not why he stayed by the wheelhouse for two shifts. The captain bears the sole weight and responsibility of bringing the ship to a safe voyage end. The waters were dangerous that night, but the ship was sound, built stoutly, carefully, with attention to security. Captain, sir, we are coming up on Port Washington. You wanted me to wake you? Captain Donner, are you all right in there? What's going on? I'm not sure. He's not answering the door. Suppose he's in trouble? God, I hope not. Captain. Captain, can you hear me? Open the door, Captain. Get the mate. This door is watertight. Get the engineer, too. Come on, man, hurry up. Look, I hate to say it, but if he's down for the count in there, my speed won't matter. I'm doing it as fast as I can. They had all feared the worst. They feared a heart attack or stroke. But what they found would be unsettling until the day they'd meet their maker. Absolutely nothing. A watertight ship's cabin, with no way in 
or out, besides the hatch of the door, the door they took off its hinges. Captain Donner had simply disappeared from a locked room, despite it being locked from inside. As they sailed through the Lake Michigan Triangle, We can accept that there will be many ship disappearances in these heavily trafficked waters. But one thing the Bermuda Triangle is legendary for is missing airplanes. We've already mentioned countless World War II fighter craft sunk in the Lake Michigan Triangle, but what about commercial aircraft? There is a disappearance in these waters that remains a mystery even to this day. Even with our ability to do airplane and satellite surveillance and reconnaissance in modern times, the last resting spot of Northwest Airlines Flight 2501, a passenger flight from New York to Seattle, echoes back to us. Captain Robert C. Lind was looking at the strangest electrical storm he had ever seen. Chicago, Chicago, Northwest 2501, cruising at 3,500 near Benton Harbor. We're seeing weather ahead at our 12 o'clock and would like to get under it. Request to descend to 2,500. It wasn't an out-of-the-ordinary request. Maneuvering around storms was part and parcel for commercial airliners. This routine flight carried 55 passengers. Northwest 2501, roger. There have been reports of severe turbulence around the storm. Use caution. Roger. That's one strange-looking storm. Never seen anything like it. Descending to 2,500. Let's pause for a moment here because the strange electrical phenomenon that has been seen in the Lake Michigan Triangle is one of its strongest attributes. There's an incredible amount of bizarre storm activity that some people say is unworldly or possibly brought on by UFO activity. Northwest 2501, Chicago. Northwest, Northwest 2501, Chicago, save position. Northwest 2501, do you read me? Where did they go? Answered by silence. What followed was one of the biggest searches over a body of water in Great Lakes history. The tragic disappearance of a commercial aircraft was the biggest disaster in commercial aviation at that time. In the water, merchant marines and the Coast Guard looked for oil slicks. The Navy used mass spectrometers looking for metal. On the shores, hundreds of people combed the beaches looking for wreckage. Though limited human remains were found, the wreckage of that doomed airplane is still one of the greatest mysteries of the Lake Michigan Triangle. In fact, a yearly search continues, funded by the author Clive Kustler. To this day, no significant wreckage has been found. It's stories like these that give the Triangle its power. UFO sightings, strange electrical storms, and a tremendous amount of loss have created a fissure in the supernatural seascape. Due to the linear nature of Lake Michigan, this freshwater sea is known for its ripple and strange currents. Some people hypothesize that it has to do with magnetic deviation, the concept of the magnetic north shifting across the lake. This would put ships in collision courses of each other, but not explain their disappearances. But perhaps it comes down to mathematics, sacred geometry. For the phenomenon in the Lake Michigan Triangle, all we have access to are theories. But can we jump from theories to a theorem? A theorem is a proposition or statement which, while not self-evident, can be proved by a logical chain of truth or facts. We can prove beyond a shadow of a doubt that 71 vessels have disappeared 
in the Lake Michigan Triangle. We don't have to agree on why they disappeared for us to confirm that there have been at least 71 tragedies in this triangle. Since the triangle is indeed a right angle, we can use good old-fashioned math to figure out the square nautical miles of the triangle, a Pythagorean of the paranormal. We start with a base, 52.7 nautical miles, Mantawak to Ludington. 52.7 nautical miles. Turning south, we head 110.5 nautical miles down the coast to Benton Harbor. 110.5 nautical miles. Finally, we turn back towards Mantawak and travel across the treacherous heart of Lake Michigan Triangle for 130 nautical miles. Our journey has skirted an area of approximately 3,000 square nautical miles. That's huge. This shape, the Lake Michigan Triangle, hangs like a single vampire fang in the middle of the long lake, ready to suck dry any ship or plane that crosses it. While the equation can give us the square miles, it doesn't account for the volume. It doesn't account for the depth of loss of the human spirit. It cannot account for the immeasurable magnitude of mystery regarding these waters. It only gives us a place to stand. A hypotenuse of hauntings. This is an equation that cannot be solved. Fed by legends and explored by researchers, we are left wondering what we are asking for when we try to solve for X. This episode was written by Orion Cooling. Directed, performed, and sound designed by Zach Meyer and Orion Cooling. Production manager is Angela Davis Cooling. Associate producer is Sarah Perry. Soundscaping and engineering by Zach Meyer. Guest vocals by Dave Lyson, Robin Huizinga, Jonathan Kohler, Matt Calhoun, Vaughn Bolick, and Simon Proven. Proofreading and editing by Katie Sullivan. If you've enjoyed this episode and want to support our work, become a patron of the podcast and gain access to exclusive content. This month, take a unique look at the conversation between Orion and Peter Sace, the mathematician consultant on this episode. And most importantly, if you've enjoyed your time with us today, please consider subscribing to Shadow Carriers and leaving a review on your podcast provider. As a small podcast, your reviews and subscriptions really help us grow our listener base and influence the mysterious and chaotic spirits known as algorithms. We've served you these stories for a peek to the other side. But as you leave us, we wish you fair winds winds and and following skies. Hey, Henry and Leo, I think the Ludington Ferry goes pretty close to the triangle. Fancy a boat ride? (laughs) 